coming up on Reframed. Today we'll be discussing Switched at Birth, along with this week's special guest, Emily Dash. The elephant in the room is that I don't love Daphne as a character. So I didn't want to sort of speak for that community and say, this is amazing representation. And I thought that was like groundbreaking. Like I've literally never seen that before. This is actually a pretty special conversation for me to be, to be having. Welcome back to Reframed, the podcast that reframes how disability is portrayed in film and TV. I'm your host, Jason Climo, and today I have Robin Lambert with me as my co-host, along with this week's special guest, Emily Dash. Today we'll be discussing Switched at Birth, but before we do, let's say hello to Emily and learn a bit more about them. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. Do you want to start off by just telling us all a bit about you and what you do? Hi, my name's Emily Dash. I'm an actor, writer, producer, and I work across... um, theatre and screen, so film and TV. I'm very, very passionate about representation of disability because I have lived experience of disability. Um, and I lecture at Sydney Uni every year in, in media representations on disability. And I'm excited to be here today to discuss one of the best examples of disability representation that I've ever seen. <laughs> and I should also say that I'm I'm really excited to do this podcast because every night um, me and my best friend Todd, who lives in Brisbane, we watch television shows together and have commentary um, while we're watching on, you know, what's happening on the show. And he was the one that introduced me first to Switch at Birth, which is what we'll be discussing. Um, So this is actually a pretty special conversation for me to to be having. Well, I did a bit of a, a deep dive into Emily anyway, and I gotta say, I was just blown away, uh, by your bio. Just, you know, working in so many different areas, writing, speaking, filmmaking, producing, like, what haven't you done? Um, it's amazing. Uh, but obviously we can see you're super passionate about disability representation and making, uh, the media more accessible. So do you want to just talk a little bit more about why that means so much to you? Yeah, I think representation means so much to me because, as we know, the media is a crucial way in which we come to know, understand and participate in the world around us. So media is both shaped, shaped rather, and it is shaped by society and it is a way in which we come to sort of conceptualise things um, as diverse as, you know, bodies or the self or normalcy or disability or health or things like that. So when you view it in that sense, I think disability, you know, media representation become crucially 
important. So one other thing I'm really interested to hear from you, Emily, is, you know, we obviously know it's important for media representation like on screen, but why do you think it's important for people with disability to be hired, you know, behind the camera as well? Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, I'm really passionate about having disability representation both in front of and behind the camera. Um, because people with disability are, um, you know, we can be artists and we do have a rich tapestry of experiences to draw from. Um, and particularly if someone is telling a story around disability, I think that it will be a much richer story and, you know, much better received if it really connects with that um, community on an authentic level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those things where, you know, there's nobody better to tell the story than someone who's actually got lived experience, right? Yes. And I think that... um. You know, I think we're still getting to that because I think sometimes people say, oh, look, we cast this person with a disability um, in this role, and that's great, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But you also have to make sure that the story and also the ways that you work are backing up that community. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to, I don't want to say walk the walk, considering I can't walk, but you know what I mean? <laughs> talk the talk, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time after that brilliant introduction uh, to you, Emily, um, to start analysing our TV show for today, which is Switched at Birth. Um, Emily, I know you have basically the world's best expert on this show, let's say that. Um, so I thought to switch it up, we might actually get the guest to introduce the show and tell us just the quick synopsis of what the show's about and why we're reviewing it. I love this show. Um, switch at Birth is a drama comedy um, that is about two families um, whose daughters Spoiler alert, get switched at birth. And um, what makes that kind of interesting in some ways is that one of the daughters um, actually is deaf. Um, and so a lot of the, and she uses sign language, and so a lot of the, um, Dialogue in this show is done in American Sign Language and you do get quite a um a rich exploration of 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 um disability pride and deaf culture and, and things like that. And it's really quite extraordinary. Yeah, and to that point there was a whole episode, I think it was in season two where the whole episode was in American Sign Language. 
Um, and I thought that was like groundbreaking. Like I, I've literally never seen that before. I've seen like scenes. I think it was, um, a quiet place might have opened the film with like a scene that was all in sign language. Um, I could be getting that wrong, but I think that was right. Uh, uh, but I've never seen like a whole episode that's in sign language. I thought that was really like an interesting, an interesting way to, I guess, like be really inclusive in their portrayal of deaf people. Absolutely. And I think that episode that you're thinking of, the silent episode, is actually the episode where the students are engaged in student protest to protect the, you know, to keep the deaf school open. So I thought it was a really strong um, episode and a really strong way to do the episode. Yeah, I was just going to back up what Jason said. I uh, did a little bit of research and, yeah, this is the first time uh, in American television that there was an episode completely in American Sign Language with no spoken dialogue. So, yeah, is a bit of a, uh, yeah, a leader in that sense. I wonder if it's ever happened again since as well. That's pretty... Yeah, I'm like, not sure. It is literally groundbreaking, groundbreaking one, isn't it? Groundbreaking, yeah. <laughs> And as Emily said, obviously the reason we're reviewing Switched at Birth is that one of the main characters um, is deaf, um, Daphne. And I think, like, the best thing about the portrayal of Daphne, which is something we, like, always talk about, right, is that Daphne's experience of deafness hasn't isn't this all-consuming thing to the character. It isn't the only thing about her. Um, she's a multifaceted person. She's got lots of interests. You know, she's got, um, like, dreams of being a chef. Like, there's lots of things about Daphne that make Daphne Daphne that have nothing to do with her deafness. And I think that is the most important thing. But by the, the same token as well, the show still manages to cover so many topics that are relevant to the, uh, the deaf community, such as, you know, cochlear implants and all those kinds of things. So I thought it was great that, yes, it's not all-encompassing, but it is still you know, a very important part of her experience, uh, like, with the world. Absolutely. And I think those arguments about cochlear implants or speaking or not speaking or interabled dating or ableism and education and things like that, I think it's really well done in a way that um, is not lecturing to an audience. Um, it's done really seamlessly, I think. Um, what I always say about Switch at Birth is at its core, it is a really smart, complex, thoroughly entertaining, dra- you know, comedy drama about adolescence and young adulthood. Um, the fact that Daphne and the people around her happen to be deaf, as you say, is just one facet of their experience and is the facet that played out really well and really respectfully. But at the end of the day, it's just a great example of that kind of television. Yeah, and I couldn't find any information. We like to try and find some information about if there were any um, consultants or writers or producers that have the same lived experience. But I know, um, the actress who portrays Daphne, Katie Leclerc, um, also experiences hearing loss. So 
you know, possibly that's the reason, like, or part of the reason why it's um, such a really accurate and genuine portrayal. Yeah. Yes. I, sorry. (laughs) I happen to know the answer. Ah, love it. Go for it. (laughs) Um, birth was created by a person who's deaf. There you go. I should have done more research. Get on it, Jason. It's a really um, ex- interesting example of, of allyship. Yeah. In that a lot of the cast and crew weren't, as far as I know, weren't American Sign Language cool. in order to participate in the show. Yeah. And on that as well, they, they made sure that they had um, consultants that would sort of make sure that their signing was on par with how the character that they're portraying in the show. So for people that were just learning sign language in the show, their signing was like a little bit sluggish, whereas, you know, the people that were supposed to be fluent, they had to have really good good sign language. And then there were sort of like people in the middle, you know, who were like picking it up more and more as the show went on. So it wasn't just a fact of like, let's make everyone completely fluent in sign language. It's like, let's develop these skills as the character develops, which I thought is really cool. How interesting. That's like some really cool attention to detail there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think something Switch at Birth, again, does really well is shows people making mistakes. You know, the relationship between Emmett, who is a deaf character who's played by a deaf actor who doesn't speak, and is fluent in American Sign Language, um, and they, who at the start of the show doesn't sign at all, you know, you do really see that learning and that making mistakes, even simple mistakes like speaking for someone that I, I think every disabled person has had experience in is really well shown in such a birth. Absolutely. I think we've all experienced a range of different things where people think they mean well or they might mean well and think they're doing the right thing and they speak over us or they push our wheelchair for us or, you know, even opening doors for us when we might not necessarily need it, you know, without asking permission or actually acknowledging what we really actually need in terms of support. And I guess that's why authentic representation is so important because otherwise people are just going to have those assumptions and it doesn't mean they're ill-meaning people. Like they're just trying to be helpful and trying to be kind most of the time but without having that knowledge and that authentic understanding of what disability is. And that's like the main thing, I think, like real authentic representation as well, you know, based on like current times is also portraying, you know, other disabled people, you know, showing ableism or, you know, non-disabled people just accidentally getting things wrong, even when they mean well. Um, you know, I think we in Heartbreak High that we spoke about that, um, in a previous episode as well. And, we spoke about the similar thing where it was like it was such good representation because other people with disability could identify with the experiences because it really showed people who meant well, like non-disabled people who meant well, but still just kind of got it wrong. And and that's really probably the main forms of ableism out there at the moment. Like there are still very you know aggressive forms of ableism out there, but I think the main ones are those kind of subtle 
um, unintentional forms of ableism that really just stem from, you know, society's misconceptions around disability and what people with disability want or need or can do. I, I just love it when, when a show really represents that. Like, that's when I'm like, oh, that was fucking good. <laughs> I think that what's really interesting about Switch of Birth, as I said, um, is that there are two main, very, very different experiences of deafness. You know, Daphne is a person who um, speaks, uh, you know, uses ASL, but also um, verbally speaks English. Whereas Emmett, for example, is a person who doesn't speak who uses ASL, who grows up with a deaf mother played by the incredible Marley Matlin, um, who I just think is extraordinary. And so you just, you see these two very different ways of looking at the world, even though, even though both characters are deaf. Were there any moments that either of you noticed throughout the series that you didn't think did a good job of being inclusive? Yes. <laughs> Kick us off, Emily. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that I don't like about Switch to Birth is um, so Daphne speaks with a deaf accent. That actress, Katie LeCloak, doesn't actually have a deaf accent. Um, she's coached to speak that way. Um, so for all the great strides that it's made in terms of representation, it does fall down that way. Even though I'm a great lover of Sushi Birth, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, you know, there are still things that I can critique in it and be, and say, you know, that's not great. The elephant in the room here is that I don't love Daphne as a character, um, but I'm glad that she's there and I'm glad that she's representing the deaf community, but I don't love her as a character. But I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because I think um, so often we see disabled characters on screen that are likable and, you know, that are sort of the heroes and all that sort of thing. I don't believe that is the case here. I think Daphne is, you know, can be selfish and self-absorbed and ungrateful and just like um yeah I don't love Daphne she could be a little more complex actually I think and I think the thing that I would like challenge anybody you know especially non-disabled people when they're watching a show where they like have a moment where they go I don't like the, the way this disabled person is acting and I feel uncomfortable for saying I don't like them like question yourself why you feel uncomfortable about that because I think there's this thing where, you know, non-disabled people feel like they can't actually not like disabled people. They can't not help them or they can't 
And I'm like, maybe question your beliefs around that because, you know, we have all those same moments and we will be terrible people sometimes or we will be really selfish sometimes and we'll be assholes sometimes. Like all of that stuff is just the real human experience. I think we also have this idea like in our society that every disabled person has to be an advocate like for the community and has to be the best representation of like disability and a great spokesperson and know exactly what the community wants and maybe that's what they're I don't know if that's what they're trying to say with with Daphne like hold up should should this person like be you know the representation like for for the community like is them going to Mexico and handing out hearing aids like the right thing or is that just like you know, her version of deafness. I don't know. Maybe it's not that complex, but like that's sort of like got me questioning. Yeah. It's so hard when we're like analyzing this stuff because sometimes I'm like, that didn't feel great. But then I'm like, maybe there's like a deeper like story. Maybe it's not supposed to feel great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What I also think is kind of interesting is like Daphne is quite conservative in her political views, like she is pro-life, for example, which comes into play sort of later um, where she really steps up when when Toby is about to have a child with Down syndrome. And I thought that was a beautiful storyline um, that was really well-treated. Um, to see that family really challenge themselves and come to terms with that. Um, I thought it was really beautifully done Um, and I didn't think it was overplayed at all. But, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that Daphne at various points is is quite a conservative um person in a lot of ways it's interesting because a lot of the time i guess you know the assumption is that all people with disability are also going to agree on everything too that we all have like similar political views and you know we all agree about you know even like like i said before we all agree about like language and we're all going to be like advocating for the same things and that's not necessarily true either and that's also i think something that needs to be broken down in society is that diversity in beliefs um you know, political views, religious um, beliefs, all of that, you know, all that diversity still exists within the disabled community. Um, But I think there is an assumption that we're all, like, on the same page about everything, whereas, like, I'm sure the three of us have a lot of, like, differing views and beliefs as well, which we won't get into because that's not what this podcast is about. (laughs) I I think that, um, you know, The good thing about Switch at Birth is that it doesn't just explore disability. It explores, like, things like cultural appropriation and white saviorism and Black Lives Matter. There's a beautiful sexual assault storyline that happens in later seasons. Um, And it, it just really doesn't shy away from the hard conversation. You know, it's an ABC family show and I like to think it's a real talking point for families to watch it and be like, okay, so what do you think? Yeah, 
Absolutely. I think that's a hundred percent probably, you know, I think we could be pretty certain that that's what it has achieved as well. Unless anybody else has any other burning talking points, I think it may be time for us to give our scores out of five on the inclusive disability representation scale for switched at birth. Emily, did you want to kick us off with your score? Oh, please. Points off for Daphne and Campbell. (laughs) I just love that everything's like, hey, Daphne, hey, Daphne. No, you've explained yourself very well. It's it's great. All jokes aside. Uh Robin, out of five, what did you give Switched at Birth? Yeah, I give it a four too. Um, because of some of the issues we've spoken about, but also because I am not deaf and I, I must admit I'm not uh too in tune like with deaf culture just because of a lack of exposure. Uh so I didn't want to sort of speak for that community and say this is amazing representation, um, when arguably I need to learn more about that myself too. Yeah, I was also a four, so we're all on the same, which doesn't surprise me. Um, we've already talked through a lot of it, but I think, you know, the fact that they had like many different, um, portrayals of disability, like varying disabilities, um, the fact that they had like the kind of diverse experiences of deafness was really cool. Um, because often when there is a disabled character, there's only one and it's just very like one very palatable version of what disability looks like. Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess I took points off for moments that probably just didn't land very well for me, like they're handing out the hearing aids in Mexico, but, you know, there could have been a, a, a more complex narrative at play there. Um, but that's why we get on and why we talk about this and why we analyze and critique and praise all the good things and bad things and inclusive things and maybe non-inclusive things, because we need to get the word out there about like why representation is so important what inclusive representation looks like. And that's the whole point of us being here, right? Um, so just want to take a moment to thank you both for joining me on the podcast. Um, really appreciate you giving your time, especially despite some technical issues. Um, that is it for this week's episode. So thank you, Robin. Thank you, Emily, for being our guest. Thank you, everyone, for following along. Um, we really want to know your thoughts. So You can jump on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to um, engage with us there, leave comments on our posts, let us know what you thought about Switched at Birth. Let us know what you thought about our um, analysis of it, if we critiqued moments that you disagree with or if we praise moments you disagree with, if you disagree with our IDR scores. um, You can also email us at hello at reframe.com. Um, and lastly, I just want to say a huge thank you to the Community Broadcast Foundation for helping to fund this series. And that's it. Bye. This has been a production of Attitude Foundation.